You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio with me, I have David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. Hi, guys. Hi, Susan. So glad you're here on this lovely, hot Tuesday afternoon in Georgia. Welcome to August. That's right. We have had a little teensy bit of a break. But we're going to hit on a hot topic today, and one that I think is revving up around the country, not just here in Georgia, although there's some very interesting things happening in Georgia that we're going to talk about, and that's the uh, Farm Bill that was um, signed in 2018. Um Our governor, Governor Kemp, signed a Georgia form of the Farm Bill uh, on April 10th of 2019. And this particular bill is designed to help provide some additional new crops for our farmers. And we always want to support our farmers and the good things they provide all of us to help sustain life. I think that's very important. Um, But this particular bill that has added the ability to raise hemp as a commercial product is generating all kinds of trouble all around. So we thought we would take a little moment today in our show and talk about the positives, the negatives, some of the concerns, and some of the complications that are coming out of this, not just for the state of Georgia, but for the federal government, for employers, for law enforcement. There's all sorts of ripple effects. As we always know, there are unintended consequences and complications. So we thought we'd take a moment today and look at all of that and kind of talk about it a little bit and see if we can help clarify at least a few of the questions for our listeners. You know, in preparing for today's show, um, last week I started to see articles about how folks being charged with a misdemeanor um, possession charge were starting to get off right. on those charges. And how on one side of it, they were they were talking about how elite, you know, delighted and happy and everything a lot mm-hmm. of these people that had gotten a charge. Um, the other side of it was that now the, the law enforcement is having to deal with this. And, right. and that was a total unexpected consequence. Um, I don't think it's just in Georgia. I no. Think it's, it's throughout the United States. And once again, when you make a policy, there's a lot of things that, that are ripple effect that you have no, no idea. idea. So I think that let's first um, qualify a little bit. What's the difference between hemp, CBD, and marijuana? Because I think that's where the problem starts. They're all in the same family. So those of us who um, live in Georgia, azaleas are awesome. And our azalea season is in March, usually March, um, sometimes end of February. And these beautiful flowers, they come in all different colors. Most common is a bright pink, but they are a red variety. There's a white variety, and there's shades of pink variety. 
there's a couple of varieties that bloom twice a year. So not just in the springtime, they'll also bloom again in late summer. Uh, They're all related. They all have the same shape flower, but some of the flowers are much bigger. Some of the flowers are really tiny. Some of the bushes are quite small. Others can grow to be really very large. Um, And again, there are the different shades and colors, but they're the same species. They're the same family of plants. And that's what we have when we look at the difference between marijuana and hemp. They come from the same cannabis plant. Now, when we look at marijuana, there are two major strains that uh, people talk about. And if we were in the marijuana selling business, this makes a big difference. And there are all kinds of different properties and reasons why you might prefer one strain over another of the cannabis plant, whether it's the sativa or the indica. So they have these two major forms, and out of that are all of the subspecies of marijuana that are sold in all of the, the marijuana shops around dispensaries. dispensaries and marijuana shops. And the interesting thing, and we're going to come back to why this is really interesting, but the interesting thing is that they will describe if you use this particular strain, it's going to calm you down, it's going to make you sleepy, and it has this percentage marijuana, THC, the active ingredient. And if you buy this one, this one's going to activate you. This one's going to give you the munchies. This is going to raise your mood. And it has this percentage of marijuana. And this is really important because of the controversy that we have with law enforcement around being able to identify just how much THC is in a plant. So so the marijuana growers allegedly can get it down to the 13.75% THC level, but somehow law enforcement has not been able to devise ways of being that specific and being able to tell the difference between the amount of THC that is in hemp versus the amount of THC that is in marijuana because For one thing, the plants look almost identical. They're very similar. When you burn them, they smell the same. When you make them into an oil, they look the same. So that is because the, um, the strain that is hemp, that has been grown in this country before, it's been used as a fiber to make paper, to make clothing, all kinds of industrial uses for this particular plant that can grow really tall and have really long fibers, strands that can be made into things. Um, This comes from the cannabis sativa L lineage, if you want to look at it in terms of uh, genealogy or family history. So we have main marijuana, that is sativa and indica, and then we have this offshoot that is known as hemp, that is sativa L, uh, capital L with a dot after it. So this is hemp. 
And this particular product is identical to CBD. So when we see the CBD oils, when we see the CBD uh, seeds, when we see the CBD preparations for your hair or your skin or to give your dog, that and hemp are basically the same thing. Well, and I just want to jump in here. Um, Marketing-wise, first of all, we we were seeing CBD everything. Everything was CBD for about a year, a year Mm -hmm. and a half. Well, now all of a sudden, you're not you're not seeing primarily CBD. You're seeing hemp product, right? Hemp product, hemp, hemp seeds, hemp, hemp everything, hemp, 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 hemp oil. And it's it's really interesting how they've they've just switched gears, right? Now, mm-hmm. yes. So in some of the marijuana legislation, initially it was medical marijuana, and right. then it became medical cannabis. Um, so they continue are continually switch the words and use references in a different way as a marketing scheme, new and improved. You know. Um, as a way to get your attention, I am sure. But it's also to continue to confuse the consumer mm-hmm. because here is the real story in hemp, in CBD, as well as the cannabis that we know of as marijuana, they all contain THC. Right. And this is the psychoactive ingredient. Now, the hemp strain, that family, that lineage off the cannabis family plant, is the one that allegedly has lower levels of THC, less psychoactive. So it's not the one that um, back in the day when I'm growing up that people were wanting to grow in their backyard or out in the woods or in the national forest. No, they were wanting to to use the the high yield, although at that time people would laugh at how low a THC level there actually was there. But the idea that um, people weren't usually growing hemp, that wasn't their goal. And when THC, when marijuana became a Schedule One drug that was illegal, had no known medical properties, and in the same category as methamphetamine and other illicit substances, then hemp was no longer legal to be grown either because it contains THC. It does have some psychoactive property. So but and and to be to be clear at that time there was a lot of hemp industry that suddenly came to a halt, a halt. as a unintended con- unintended consequence of the war on drugs back then um the clothing, the fa- fibers, the fabrics, and all those things, all of that in, in the United States came to a stop because we were going to get rid of all marijuana in this country. Right. And so we had this, um, this s- s- sudden change in, um, in the law, and this had a big impact on farmers, on agriculture, manufacturing. Ropes are made out of this substance. There was all sorts of things that were impacted by it, but 
because they all contain the psychoactive compound THC. That's why hemp was not legal to be grown in the United States, just like marijuana wasn't legal to be grown in the United States. This, um, This has continued to create a lot of problems because of the fact that um, as different states, since the 90s when California first um, legalized medical marijuana, and as different states have added that, even Georgia has a form, although very limited, uh, medical marijuana Access, I'll say, our, our THC, low THC oil is the highest in the country at 4%. Um, that is much higher than anybody else, anybody else. Um, but as that has happened, we're now seeing this rise in the hemp products and the CBD products. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this interesting discussion, I hope, on hemp, CBD, and marijuana. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. With me, I have Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we are talking about hemp, CBD, and marijuana, and the new, um, well, it's not new, it was actually uh, signed into federal law back in uh, 2018, um, the Farm Bill, that made it legal again after 
30, 50 years. (laughs) It's higher math than I can do here with my fingers and toes. Um, After all these years, we should look that up. Uh, After all these years, uh, it is now legal in the United States to grow hemp. Each state is having their own bills around this, and uh, Georgia has passed a bill early in February or March, and Governor Kemp signed it uh, into um, official buildum, I guess, in May of 2019. And out of that came um, the regulations around how Georgia is going to work with uh, CBD and with hemp. So hemp and CBD are actually made out of the very same plant. And as you were saying a minute ago, we saw CBD everywhere. We still see it. CBD oil. We see CBD additives. We see CBD um, in all kinds of... Dietary supplements, all kinds of food products, those kinds of things. Then it began to move to hemp. Mm-hmm. And um, we're seeing a lot more hemp seeds, hemp oil, hemp clothing, all kinds of hemp-related items. Even, e- even still, uh, it was not legal to grow here in Georgia just yet, but we were beginning to see those being advertised. You could buy them on the internet. You can buy them in the stores. Mm -hmm. So we began to see um, this outcropping. And I think many people, many, many people are innocently using hemp products or CBD products, not realizing that there is some level of marijuana, of THC, of THC, the active psychoactive ingredient, out of this family of cannabis plants, which which for the most part doesn't affect a whole lot of people, right? Unless, of course, you've got some kind of a legal, um, or or had some type of a legal issue that that would show as this. But now this is thrown a conundrum in there. And what I was going to say was, it's sort of. It, it, it brings you back to the point of, well, people are saying, well, it's legal. But we're saying, well, so is alcohol. So is alcohol in beers. You know, you have various um, levels of alcohol in beers. And even the lowest level of, you know, non-alcoholic beer has a small amount of, of alcohol. alcohol. But if you're a recovering alcoholic, you don't use it. Right. You don't use that. You don't use the three two. You don't use the regular beer. You don't use the, the high gravity IOP <laughs> or A or whatever they're called now. You don't use it. Right. And and the the problem can still be even for people who don't have addiction and who aren't genetically loaded. People can drink alcohol and get into trouble. People can use marijuana or marijuana-like products and find themselves with impaired judgment, doing things that normally in their wise, sober mind they would never do. And for many people, they would not in their wildest dreams consider using marijuana and yet they're innocently using hemp and CBD, not realizing while the volume of 
psychoactive THC may be different, they're still using it. And there are still a lot of people who, um, when this becomes sanctioned by the government and when it becomes sanctioned by medical providers, decide that it's safe and appropriate. Um, I've I've dealt with a lot of patients who've come to me and said, well, my doctor said I should get some CBD oil to help manage this back pain or to help manage this neck pain or to help as a rub for my joints. And the conversation is always... You have addiction, and this is likely, we've seen it in a number of people, going to activate the same center of your brain that your other substances activated and will likely lead you right back to what you're here spending money to try and fix. Um, But because a doctor is saying it's okay, because the government is now saying it's okay, they're jumping on the bandwagon. Jumping on it with both feet. But the, the really hard part about all this is that the government is sort of saying it's okay, sort of not saying it's okay. Right. And, and people are, they feel like they're on a seesaw because they don't know which way it, it is. I mean, it's okay in certain states to have recreational marijuana, and then other states you can have hemp, but all of it has THC in it, so where's the line? And, you know, it's a mixed up mess. It's a big old mixed up mess. And one of the problems that we're seeing with it, even for our particular patients, it's it's like when there were light cigarettes. You remember back in the day when they were having light cigarettes, which had lower levels of nicotine mm-hmm. to help people who were heavily smoking. And what did they do? They smoked more. They smoked more. And several of our patients have started down this path of, I'll have a little bit of CBD oil, and now I'm having a whole lot of CBD oil, and now I'm buying tons of CBD oil. And, um, you know, I'm aware of a case where um, a, 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 a family member was given a young girl CBD for some pain issues and sleep issues, and... Um, now that person's going to have to be treated for addiction and um, is removed from their home. So this is not a little deal. This is, while it is a very profitable business and everybody's getting into it, whether it's CVS Pharmacy, whether it's Bed Bath & Beyond, where Costco, Costco wherever it is, you're going to see these products popping up. And we're not talking about the ropes and the sheets and the blankets and the sandals and the other things that we're used to seeing. Hemp, um, yeah, I'd really, well, anyway. See, I thought they just made those peasant dresses out of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything else. Yeah, peasant dresses and uh, and. Sandals. Don't mm-hmm. you remember, I remember the, hemp the, sandals? the hemp sandals? We're having this trip down memory lane, but the the whole idea of that's not where the money is in mm-hmm. the future. The money is in um, these food products. So I mentioned earlier that Governor, Governor Kemp did sign this bill. Um, he signed it on May 10th legalizing hemp production in Georgia, and we are the 42nd state to legalize hemp farming. 
So many other states have preceded us, and they're really hoping that they can add a new product, a, a diversity to our agricultural business, which is really important in the state of Georgia. And, and certainly, well, in in all, all forty two states that are allowing it, right. I mean, it's a, it's an important thing. It's just something that needs to be made. <laughs> Other folks that are that have addiction need to be aware of it. So in Georgia, in order to become a hemp farmer, you are going to have to, people who are going to process the hemp, have to pay a $25,000 annual licensing fees, and growers have to pay $50 per acre with a maximum of $5,000 um, for 100 acres um, that's what it's going to that's an additional tax they call it a licensing fee but that's what it's going to cost so it will bring revenue to the state it also hopefully will bring revenue to the um, the farmers and certainly to the hemp processors and that kind of but thing and definitely to the large farmers right who can afford that and who are going to have more than five thousand dollars more than you know 500 acres or 100 acres of land that they're going to convert to growing hemp. One of the little problems with this, and there's a number of problems with this bill that we're going to talk about how it's affecting us here in Georgia, but um, the, um, the sale and production of hemp products is legal under Georgia Hemp Farming Act. However, only licensed growers are going to be able to do that, and they have to be licensed by the Georgia Department of Agriculture. The additive, the safe use of hemp and hemp products, this is part of the bill in Georgia, says that it prohibits the use of CBD oil in food, pet food, and dietary substances. Until the Federal Food and Drug Administration changes its restriction um, on the inclusion of CBD oil in foods and dietary supplements, it remains unlawful in Georgia. So now we have all of these places that are selling CBD and hemp-related foods, pet supplies, and supplements that under this bill, that will be illegal, at least here in Georgia, right now as the current bill stands. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at some more unintended consequences. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center have joined me in studio, and we're talking about hemp, CBD, and marijuana because this is getting more and more and more confusing. And honestly, here in the state of Georgia, um, it has become clear that since um, Governor Kemp signed this bill, there are now more questions than answers. And I know that um, many people are really anticipating uh, and needing the legislature to come back into session to help clarify what this bill really means. Because over the last few days, we are seeing headlines in our local papers here in Georgia. Um, We're seeing it in the um, Marietta Daily Journal, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're seeing things in the Rockdale Newton Citizen. Um, we're it, seeing things in and Butler it all County. With the back to school. <laughs> back to school has created a lot of trouble. Yes. And a lot of trouble because there are a number of counties. Gwinnett County, where I live, was one of the first to say, we're not going to arrest kids in the Gwinnett County schools for marijuana if they have less than an ounce. Right. Um, Because we don't know how to tell the difference between is this hemp, which is supposed to be legal, um, or is this marijuana, which is still illegal. So for hemp, it has to be 3% or less THC. 0.3%. Um, to be hemp, but there's not a test that's easily done by by law enforcement to prove that this is hemp versus marijuana. And in a little baggie, it looks very much the same. And smells the same and smokes the same. Mm-hmm. So, so this is um, creating quite a buzz on the um, school. Uh, so high schools school. are actually saying... We will kick you out of school if you have something that looks like marijuana, whether it's marijuana or, or hemp, hemp or, whatever. or whatever it is. If it looks like marijuana, we will kick you out. 
but you won't be we won't be calling the police and you won't be arrested and charged with minor possession mm-hmm. which which is it I guess it makes sense for right now because it's just it's it's so um, hard to discern and but there's a lot of cases where people have been charged with possession of a small amount that they're getting their charges dropped because now they still can't tell whether it's hemp or marijuana. And and even though it happened, you know, eight months ago, now with the law internally, they're they're going to get off. Well, and they're talking about a test that should be available in September to begin testing, but even at that point, they're not planning to test anything that's not a felony charge, so greater than an ounce. Um, and the other thing I thought was pretty interesting was that... Um, and I'm blank on this. <laughs> so th- they're not going to prosecute anything that's that's a misdemeanor. Um, in only some counties. In though. some counties, so it's not a statewide it's thing. It's not statewide. But and some it's counties, not school district. The wide. other part that th- there are some counties that are already pushing to set up a fund um, with a minimum of fifty thousand dollars to cover the cost of testing in order to do uh, to once again resume prosecution. It's it's just amazing. And back to my earlier statement that many of the marijuana dispensaries and retail outlets are able to be exquisitely sensitive in terms of the amount of THC that is contained in the products, whether it's the gummy bears, whether it's the soda, whether it's the pot that you're going to smoke – uh, the percentage of THC, well, which tells me they probably are not testing that well or that hopefully it won't be too long until we have more available rapid testing or testing that is reasonably priced for law enforcement to be able to use. But I was just going to say, what about the what about the difference of our testing that we do for our drug for testing, drug mm-hmm. urine, urine analysis and the the. DOTs, right. So, even though we do have all this this um, know how and and ability technology, to do it, technology, right. they're not using it, right. So, I I have a, a good thought that they're probably not going to use this technology either. Well, the other part is even with the ones that they have convictions, or not convictions, but they have the arrests and the trials are coming. If a person is testing positive for THC, they're able to claim, no, it wasn't THC, it was, it was CBD, and right now that's going to that's gonna favor for them. In some counties. In some right. counties. Now, it's Gwinnett County Schools that is not going to give kids a problem, but that's not all the schools. Now, it's the largest school district in the state, but county by county is different. So we have Rockdale County, Newton County. And, and, and some and of these counties may just be saying, no, we're not going to go along with this. We're going to prosecute or whatever. Right. But in all fairness, they're probably... Well, we have Rockdale County District Attorney, Alicia Johnson, who says she will not prosecute. But we have Al- Alcoa Circuit Court... Um, who represents Newton and Walton counties, who say they are going to continue to prosecute. And so they're claiming that it is illegal to have THC in any amount, 
in the state of Georgia without your CBD card and um, that it's CBD oil, they're going to march ahead and prosecute. So depending on where you're driving, what you have, who arrests you, whether you're on school grounds or not, you know, it's it's each individual place is saying, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to do this. Fulton County or the city of Atlanta is going to do it one way, but Fulton County, that city of Atlanta is in, is going to do it a different way. So it is creating havoc. Of course, all of the people who have charges are crossing their fingers, eyes, and toes, saying a prayer to whatever higher power they have with the idea of, please let it be me that this isn't going to affect. But it's creating a lot of problems for law enforcement. So when we say here in Georgia that we are looking forward to our legislators coming back to work, um, part of it is this has got to be cleared up because this is wreaking havoc with our judicial system, our law enforcement officials are frustrated, confused, citizens frustrated and confused, and certainly um, the courts are going to be jammed up with all kinds of questions being asked and not too many answers just yet because of this law intended to help agriculture, intended to support our farmers and add diversity to our crops here in Georgia, has now unleashed the kraken, so to speak. And the little line that it's added in the law that says now you can't add CBD or hemp to food, pet supplies, or supplements will now create a new problem for for all of these retail sellers that are selling these products. Because, looks like to me in reading that law here in Georgia, those aren't legal anymore. Very interesting um, level of complexity for our state here. Uh, I'm. It'll be interesting to see how other states are faring with this and whether they, too, are having a struggle. I think our, our, our struggle here is in the testing. It's also in the mixed opinion about whether or not... Um, we should be accepting of marijuana, whether it should be recreational and we don't care, or whether it should be remain highly restricted, whether it's a medicine, which many of our shows have been very clear, we don't think this is a medicine, or whether this is a recreational drug that any adult should be able to use responsibly, whatever that means, just like they're able to use nicotine or alcohol. Right. My only problem here, and I'm going to throw a new wrench into everything, is that as a provider, as a treatment provider, our viewpoint is that addiction is a disease. Right. Now, there are not too many diseases where you can get thrown in jail for exhibiting symptoms right. of that disease. Correct. So we have to we have to look at this and and really look at our society and and say, okay, if we're going to try to get all of us together on on the topic that if a person has several DUIs, if a person has uh, you know a possession charge, if a person has 
whatever it is, we all are in agreement that throwing them in jail is not the answer. Right. So now we're just adding a new layer of insanity to already insane and unanswered problem. And and you know, well, and part of it, part of it that jumps out at me is that there just really is no clarity as to where the jurisdiction is, whether it's agriculture exactly. or food and drug or or FDA, all of these different different um, enforcement agencies are, are missing out on their little piece of the pie right. and they're all trying to find a way to get a grip on it and, I, and I it's a mess I, at this point. I disagree with you saying they're trying to get a grip on it. I think they're trying to throw it to, you know, toss <laughs> they're trying to toss it away because they don't want to deal with it. Um, and But they're each making decisions in their own arena, in their silos, not necessarily talking to each other in terms of, and are you ready for this? And how is this going to fare legally uh, if someone's arrested? Mm-hmm. And and what what how are we going to handle this? Well, and I think to, to add just one more piece to this, there is a lot of evidence out there that. Um, a certain portion of the population, when you use marijuana, is going to have psychiatric issues. Right. They're going to have um, schizophrenic issues. They're going to have aggressive issues. And that's specifically looking at um, genetics with THC. Right. I'm assuming. Yes. I don't think there's a whole lot of study of genetics with CBD and with the other products that are getting kind of forced out or pushed out there. Um, but certainly looking at the, the impact on, on maturing brains, adolescent brains that are looking for something to get an escape with and to be sneaky with and get high with, that's, there's a whole other element of, of danger. Of which, you know, we don't have a tag hanging off of us, do not re- remove under penalty of law, that says you're at risk for this and you're genetically predisposed to that and you are vulnerable um, if you have this combination of substances or if you take this substance. Uh, so you don't know till you know. And that's the other scary thing about this is that... Regardless of what adults decide to use, there can still be bad consequences. They can still drive under the influence. They can be involved in all kinds of altercations. But the thing we do know is that we have not been very good at keeping substances like alcohol and cigarettes out of the hands of children. And if we add these substances... We are now having children using these without their parents' permission, just like they use their alcohol and their cigarettes. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at how the feds are being impacted by this law. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. 
So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. The Business Hour, from 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. This is America's Web Radio, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank. In studio with me today is Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. We're talking about all of the confusion and the uproar that was created by the Farm Bill of 2018, which made it legal again in the United States to grow hemp. And now each state is taking on their own individual um, uh, laws and regulations around how this is going to happen. It's not just going to be a free-for-all, at least not here in Georgia. And there are some uh, stipulations that farmers and processors are going to have to meet. But um, out of this has come these confusions around... What do we do if we can't tell if this is hemp versus marijuana? I would dare bet most kids are not smoking hemp, but just let's just say maybe they are. A lot of them may not know they are not. <laughs> um, you know. But, but the, the confusion over the prosecution, and Michael, you raised this point, um, being jailed for having a disease, does that make sense? Well, no, it doesn't uh, necessarily. Well, and part of part of the argument that some people do have is they're breaking the law. You know, people are breaking the law, so consequences for that. Um, and what should that be? And what should the law be is one question. How do we provide treatment? Now, a lot of people do get sober and do get some level of treatment in going through the diversion programs and the um, first offender programs that drug courts, that states um, and local 
um, legal jurisdictions have that provide um, an alternative to jail time that do include fines, that do include uh, the person having to do a certain number of public service hours where they have to go and do volunteer work in a at a project or a location that is approved by the state. So it's not as though they don't have some consequence for the behavior, but they also have some accountability and some support, and albeit not great always, but they have some support to get and stay sober. And the reward for that at the end is this is not going to be readily available on your permanent record. It will still always be available to law enforcement, and many people don't understand that. They think it's expunged, like it's erased as though it never happened. It's not erased as though it's never happened, but it is limited who can have access to that information. So so there are some ways in which law enforcement and the legal system has actually been helpful to a, a, a small number of people in terms of getting sober. Most people don't make it through that drug courts. Um, they slip and go to jail and go to jail again, and it, it becomes a vicious cycle for them. Well, and, and too, you have to wonder at then at that point is is the jailing just uh, trying to m- make money right because jails are privatized now in because many there's places. a lot of privatized jails so you know there's all there's all of that brought into it um, I think that the answer needs to be that you know for for young people if they're caught with it it doesn't go on their permanent record but they have to go through a um, Addiction screening and, and, you know, right off the bat, no matter what, this is what you're going to do. And then if you're found that you will have or, you know, probability of addiction, then you might have to go for more. Um, but to bring in another <laughs> problem is that there's a lot of places now that are that are looking into expunging some of these um, drug previous convictions. Previous convictions. I mean, it it just keeps going and going and going and going. Pardoning. And yes. Pardoning. pardoning. Right. Not expunging, but pardoning. And so then it is not on the record. So there's lots of ways in which this is a very impactful in far-reaching corners, and it just points out that we really do need to step back and take a whole hard look at drug policy in this country, that we need to look at the legal system, the enforcement. We have continued to spend vast amounts of money on law enforcement and in trying to decrease the supply of drugs or limit the availability and not paid much more than lip service to the treatment aspect, which is the part of the problem. Eliminating the demand or reducing the demand is really a part of our drug policies in this country that have not been very well, um, again, more than lip service 
paid to. They're not, we're not getting treatment opportunities for people. There's not the opportunity for them to be able to afford treatment, have access to treatment, and to be able to be supported in treatment. So many of the drug offenders are actually women. Women are less likely to have legal funds or, excuse me, insurance. They're less likely to have transportation. Children are an issue. There's a lower level of support from family and friends for a woman who has a drug charge than there is for a man. So there's all sorts of ways this really needs to be looked at and when we continue to see things from silos as opposed to the Department of Agriculture talking to um, the state's attorneys, talking to the school districts, talking to um, treatment providers, having these kinds of massive, I know, task force that will probably never get anything done, but it's really going to take a total revamp looking at our drug policies in this country. And one of the big drug policies that we have is the federal government and um, uh, it is still illegal. Marijuana is still illegal. No matter what the state says, no matter what your mama says, it's still illegal. And what many people don't know is that if you are a state employee, a federal government employee, if you have an empl- a government contract, if your, your employer has a contract with the federal government, if you work for an institution that gets, and I can't remember how much money, but it's over $100,000, I think, from the federal government in forms of a grant, so most education centers, even if they're private, um, are receiving some federal funds, then um, those people fall under um, the obligation to be a drug-free workplace Mm -hmm. and to have drug testing. And because marijuana under any form, whether it's CBD, hemp, or THC in the marijuana, that's still illegal. And if you are found to be working for or um, employed by someone who has a government contract, that can nullify that government contract if they hire as someone who is positive or in drug testing for the drug-free workplace program, now that can invalidate that contract and that company or business may not be eligible for five years to come back and bid on another federal um, contract. It, but it's it's so crazy that, that we have a farm bill right. <laughs> exactly. in the United States that Correct. says, go ahead, Grow all the hemp you want. Grow, you know, grow this. Turn it into CBD. Do whatever. Do whatever because w- we want you farmers to um, to do well. But then you also have a federal law that right. says no marijuana in any shape, form, any way right. can be found in anyone's system. So it's it's creating a, a supply. But taking, you know, and then there's the Americans with Disabilities Act, which um, uh, protects people that have different physical and mental disabilities and requires 
employers to accommodate them. So if you are a reasonably qualified employee and you are deaf, then they have to have accommodations for you to be able to use the telephone, to be able to, to work in that place. And um, there are people now trying to push back and say, well, I need my medical marijuana and I have this physical or mental illness that requires me to take medical marijuana and it doesn't matter, I should be able to um, have that in my system and you can't fire me for that because I'm a protected and there are, citizen. There are people in states where marijuana is now legalized that are pushing back with the idea that drug-free workplace does not mean I can't use marijuana in my house. And if I test positive, it's not because I was using in the workplace. It's because I was using where it is legal for me to use. And they're, they're winning in those arguments a little bit. So well, and, and the other thing is that with the Americas with Disabilities Act, addiction is covered in that. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. So I know we've raised for you a lot more questions than we've answered, but please stay tuned. This is going to be interesting as uh, we see how this sorts out in the local and the state and the federal government. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week on Detailing Addiction. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.